0: We are in, a, in the middle of a sermon series entitled Made for Love. Do you know you were made for love? How many of us have had a good time so far with the, uh, with the relationship series? I know some of my singles have been saying, well, Pastor, um, I keep waiting for you to go completely couples-oriented and leave us out. And, and I said last week, I need you to stay engaged with me, singles, because the truth is some of us want... We want a terrific, awesome, wonderful spouse. Actually, we should all want that. And, and we say, you know what, I, I, want, I want Wonder Woman. But I shared with you last week, you can't get Wonder Woman if you're being Scooby-Doo. Okay? If you want Wonder Woman, you need to be Superman. And if you want Superman, you need to be Wonder Woman, because guess who Wonder Woman's looking for? Guess who Superman's looking for? That means you've got to prepare yourself. You've got to get yourself in a position for what God desires for you, and that's his very best. So today is just as as much for you as it is for any of the couples here today. I want you to to learn from from these warning signs. We're going to talk about warning signs. You go, what do you mean warning signs? You don't have to call them warning signs. You can say uh, things that the enemy has tried to establish to destroy your marriage. Things that we fall into habits that we engage so that, that don't lead to life, that lead to destruction. And so you might say the warning signs of divorce. You go, okay, pastor, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I thought you were supposed to encourage me. I am trying to encourage you. I'm trying to help you if you let me. The truth is sometimes we need to know what to look out for, what we can improve on, what we need to address, amen? And so before we go into the warning signs, I need you to understand that we all have certain needs. Someone said that the top four needs of of any person are acceptance, identity, security, and purpose. But do you realize that these needs, whether it be these or any other number of needs, can only truly be met by God? God's the only one that can tell you who you truly are. Why? Because he created you. He's the only one that can truly determine your purpose. Again, because he created you. He's the only one that can truly give you security. Why? Because he's all powerful. And you say, well, well, okay, that's so obvious. God, God, God. Every time I go to one of you preachers, you always say God. You know, can can I tell you, it it is all about God. You may not want to hear it. And if you want, you can try it the world's way, but we know what they're up to. It don't look so good. If it was better, you'd be out there. The truth is, God is the answer. He really is the answer. And It may seem simple, and that's what I think sometimes we want something so super complicated, so sexy, and so, so It's got to be difficult or really intriguing. It's got to have a little bit of pizzazz and wow, and je ne quoi, I don't know what, but God just seems so like, man, the last 2,000 years, it's been about God. Can I tell you it's been a lot longer than that? It's been about him since the world was created, but, but, but this is what I'm trying to get you to understand. When we don't put God in the mix and we don't let him be our security, be our purpose, be our identity, be, you know, set these things and we start trying to look for it in our spouse, they can't measure up and it creates an amazing amount of frustration. So if you're looking for your identity in your spouse, make me feel good, make, tell me who I am, constantly validate me, constantly, how many of you know, that gets heavy for them, old for you, and then b- before long, you, you have a serious problem. And so, right off the bat, I want you to know that the first weakness, or the first thing, and uh, did they change the, the slide? Number one, yes. I speak to my computer, and sometimes my computer uh, types out "weak," as in uh, uh, low in strength, and then some, sometimes it you know it, it doesn't know and. And I don't bother being very detail-oriented. How many of you know you got to know your spouse's uh, weaknesses and and strengths? And one of my weaknesses is uh, I'm very uh, big picture guy. So if the slide is done, it's done. You know what I mean? But anyway, so weak spiritual foundation. A weak spiritual foundation is the number one sign of a marriage headed towards trouble. What do I mean by that because the truth of the matter is you 're going to draw from your experiences you 're going to draw from where you 've been and if you 've been in a weak spirit, if you 've had a weak spiritual foundation, what do I mean by this i mean you 've never been taught what a real godly marriage should look like then you 're just going to bring in what you, what you know if what you know is jealousy if what you know is anger if what you know is uh, Indifference, if what you know is checking out and avoiding conflict and being critical or negative, then that's what you're gonna bring into your marriage. And some of us have just been falling into what we know and we think, Well, that's just who I am. That's just who I am, or we get we, we, we run into another problem. We said, Well, you're making me this way. I was perfect till you showed up. <laughs> no, we don't say that, but that's how we live. That's the attitude we portray, isn't it true? And, and we're real good at excusing our faults and recognizing the other person's. It's like, no, no, show me grace, but I convict you. And this is how it works. Well, well, you know what, I wouldn't be acting this way if you were a better, if you weren't just like your mom. If you weren't, did I say that? Oh my gosh. A weak spiritual foundation. Well, you pastor, you're telling me about what? No, look. If you've had a strong spiritual foundation, then you've had you've had the foundation that shows God's way. Forgiveness when forgiveness is needed. You know, love, acceptance, encouragement, life, breathing life into a relationship with the words you speak, the actions you you uh, you bring to the table. So. You go, well, well, weak spiritual foundation, but you still haven't hit on the fact that, listen, if you don't know God's word, sometimes you don't even know you're doing wrong, which leads me to number two. Some of us are just ignorant. You go, oh my gosh, that's a horrible word. Okay, then number two is, is, I put it a little softer, pre-marriage prep, we've lacked pre-marriage prep. What do we mean by that? That means we, we, we underestimated what it would take in a marriage. And can I share something with you before we go any further? You have the opportunity, 100%, 100% opportunity to have a terrific, awesome, out of sight marriage. Can I say that again? You you have the opportunity, 100% opportunity. What am I saying? I'm saying God instituted marriage to work. Well, then why doesn't it work? Because the opportunity is to either do it your way or his way. And if you do it your way, then it's not gonna work. But if you do it his way, it will 100% work. 100% work. I want you to turn to your spouse and say, that's a great deal. Turn to your spouse and say, that's a great deal. 100% opportunity for success? All we gotta do is submit to God? Listen, all we have to do, because what we're, we're, we're big on, I know if you're anything like me, I'm like, all you have to do is submit to God, babe. <laughs> I'm already there. You know, the truth is we have to submit to God. Every marriage is, has two people and they both play a role. They both play a role. You say, well, well, pre-marriage prep, what does that mean? It means sometimes we don't know what we don't know and we underestimate what it's gonna take in marriage and so we show up, like I, I showed up, I thought, man, I'm, I'm gonna be great at this thing. All these guys having trouble, watch this. Anyone show up like that? Too cocky for their own good? And you thought it was gonna be great till you figured out she was nothing like she pretended to be? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, but that's the way we interpret things, isn't it? Well, guess what? I was putting on a show as well. And then we come together and we realize, man, it's a lot harder to agree on things. It's a lot more difficult. We didn't talk, and we're going to talk about that next week. Some of the things that we come into and in becoming one is harder than you think because you've got to become one in your, in, your, in your ways and everything. You know, I can remember her giving me a calendar, and her, on her calendar, she said, look, uh, holidays, you have all of them. I give them all to you, love. I submit them to you, except for three. These three are the only three I ask for, and they're non-negotiable. And I thought, how bad could three be Till I saw the three? Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Easter. That's, that's big, but you can have flag day. You know, I was like, come on. You, you hear what I'm saying to you? If you didn't have pre-marriage counseling, you might be nervous here and saying, well, no wonder I'm having such a hard time at this because you haven't read the owner's manual. You haven't heard. So what can I do? You can get serious about getting discipled in your marriage. You can get with another couple who's been there, done that, and has grown in the word that can help you. You can also understand what the Bible says in the book of Ephesians. In the book of Ephesians, the Bible says that there are gifts to the church, God gifts people to the church. And these people are pastors, teachers, come on, who else? Evangelists, prophets, and apostles. Well, there are some terrific pastors and teachers that have dedicated their lives to understanding the godly biblical way to build a strong marriage. And they've written books. And what surprises me is sometimes the people that are having the most trouble have read the least. It shouldn't surprise me, but it surprises me that they never think like, hey, I'm having trouble. I probably should go see what these gifted individuals that God has blessed the church are saying about marriage. And so what I want to challenge you with today is dedicate yourself to improving who you are and your knowledge. Listen to what the Bible says. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed. Marriages are being destroyed because we just don't know. Now you might be here and say, Pastor, I never got premarital counseling. Then you need to start you need to start getting more knowledge now. If you're not in a discipleship relationship, you need to get in a discipleship relationship. This church is all about discipleship. You might say, well, pastor, um, I, I don't have enough time. You know what I've learned? I've learned that whatever you value, you make time for. Whatever you value, I'm going to ask you, value your marriage. Man, put it up there because I, I, I'm I'm... I'm I'm calling it. I'm calling it. When your marriage is having trouble, every facet of your life is affected. Come on. Anyone ever had trouble in their relationship and it affected their job? It affected their, their, just their overall health and well-being? So make it a priority. Get, get learned up. Don't ever stop learning. Number three, unresolved past hurts. Do you know that unresolved past hurts cause an amazing amount of difficulty in a marriage. Why do unresolved past hurts cause problems in a marriage? Because that hurt is going to come out and the one who catches the hurt, the brunt of that hurt is your spouse. The one you will take it out on is your spouse. And we'll talk about it a little bit later because what you're saying is, fix me, help me, won't you be more attentive? And And they don't know how. Why? Because there needs to be healing first. What needs to take place to heal? We'll we'll, we'll get to that. But stay with me on this. Hurts are pains bottled up inside, covered with fear and shame. And they keep you from true intimacy with your spouse. What do you mean? Well, think about it. When we think about intimacy, guys, we think about sex. Come on. Isn't that true? You say, the pastor says int- intimacy he goes, oh yeah, finally got to the good part. <laughs> that's just because he doesn't, you know, he's Baptist or, or maybe he came, grew up Baptist or maybe he's, you know, I don't know, but, but these guys that are, they don't like saying sex. So he says intimacy. Can I tell you this? If you don't know what intimacy is, then you'll only have sex. Let me say that again. Without intimacy, that's all it is, is sex. But with intimacy, it's so much more than just sex. It's making love. It's truly making love. No, you say, okay, well, well, how does that keep me? How do past hurts keep me from being intimate with my spouse? The way it keeps you from being intimate with your spouse is it shuts you off. See, a past hurt is a pain, shame, it's fear. And the minute you feel that, you shut off and you say, I never want to be hurt again. I never want to go through that again. And so what are you doing? You're keeping yourself protected, but you're keeping them out. Not only are you keeping them out, but you're bottling stuff way down deep inside, and when it bubbles up, you don't even know where it's coming from, but it comes forth in a very unhealthy manner, and you lash out because you're saying, oh, it hurts, I don't like it, you need to help me, and and they're saying, how? Not only this, but think about this, intimacy is an emotional and spiritual Closeness of becoming one you cannot become one when you're closed off Not only can you not become one uh, when you're closed off But you cannot become one when you're not being transparent with one another and when you're hurt and covering up The one thing you're not being is transparent Not only are you not being transparent But but watch this the enemy has duped you into thinking that you need to keep that under darkness Did you know that darkness keeps you enslaved the best thing you can do is bring it out into the light. Be truthful about it. The truth, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And so the best thing you can do is, is have Healing time with your spouse, and say, "Man, this is some things that have been hurting me. Come on, this is an area that, that, that bothered me for years in my relationship. I would act out towards my wife, and I would get frustrated, and I would get, I would raise my voice. I told you, I'm I'm Latin. You can tell by the way I preach too. I'm not a I'm not a real monotone, calm, calm guy. So when I argue, I get the same way. <laughs> you know, I'm like, What do you mean?" <laughs> And I'd go, I'd get, I'd get excited and she's like, what the heck is going on with you? But I didn't realize that I was dealing with her from my childhood even. From my mom and, and my dad putting me in a situation that was out of my control. We moved to a, to a horrible neighborhood having to deal with threats and, and violence and constantly fighting on the street and dealing with drugs and constantly feeling at, at, at risk and, and not only at risk, but, but, but feeling completely out of control. So when my wife would try to control me, I thought, Come on now, you see what I'm talking about? That past hurt helped me from, kept me from getting close to her because I was like, you're not going to control me. And I'd get excited about it until she finally started saying, baby, I'm not trying to control you. Do you hear what I'm talking about here? Do you hear what I'm talking about? See, the truth is you can experience past hurts from the home. Those are parental hurts, romantic hurts, and even life hurts. Maybe a business partner. A business relationship that went wrong. A financial setback. A failed relationship. Parents that have hurt you and, and uh, the home that maybe wasn't safe and you experienced emotional, physical, or even sexual abuse. And if you're holding on to that and you're not dealing with it, you say, well, pastor, I don't know if my, my spouse can be the one to help me through it. Then you can go both go and get counseling, professional help. There's Christian, come on gifts to the church that God has prepared for the sake of healing the body. But can I share with you the most important thing you can do is read God's word. Listen to what the Bible says in Psalms 107 verse 20. It says, he sent his word and healed them. Do you realize realize that the reason the word is here is for healing? (laughs) Listen to what else it says and delivered them from their destruction. If your marriage is on the rocks, the word of God can heal it and bring it back from destruction. The question is, do you want to read it? The word of God is a supernatural book. It's like no other book in the entire world. It's supernatural. It's written by the hand of God. And every other book on this planet, you read. This book reads you. This book reads your heart, reads your hurts, reads your pains and begins to heal them. And it's like a soothing balm. You say, the word of God, what is the word? Jesus. The word is a who, his name is Jesus. And Jesus is the word and the word was with God and the word was God, the Bible says. I need you to understand That when you have these these hurts that you haven't dealt with, they'll show up in extreme measures. Come on, how many of us have ever experienced this? Maybe you were in a very dominant, hurtful relationship. And you come out of that relationship and come into the next relationship, and you're going to go to the other extreme. What is that, what is that extreme? There's no way you're going to dominate me. And so a wife that's gone through a horrible uh, relationship romantically in the past where with with the where the individual was trying to dominate or goes into the new relationship, and the minute her husband says or suggests anything, you're not gonna dominate me. You're not, I won't submit. I'm not gonna buy into that. Come on, there's other things. How about the reverse of that? You were in a very dominant relationship and it taught you how to be completely passive. So you ex- now, now you suffer from extreme passivity. Some would say that is indifference. Come on, how many of us have ever been there where you go, hey, babe, where do you want to go eat? I don't care. You decide. <laughs> don't look at your spouse now. Not now. You're going to get in trouble. Do it later. Say, hey, babe, you remember that message? Some of you are like, I love it. I love it. So, so watch. Then we start passivity. How many, how many of us have been hurt because someone was unfaithful and now we're extremely jealous and we struggle with trust and so if you don't deal with these past hurts they will affect because you bring them into your present and they will steal your future amen so how do you deal with these past hurts number one number one you got to be honest you got to bring it into the light you got to tell the truth about it and part of telling the truth is stop blaming number two stop blaming take responsibility because part of dealing with a hurt is you got to stop saying, well, you're making me, you, if you weren't this way, then I wouldn't. If you would, you're just getting more like your mama. I'm going to turn away from that before my wife looks up. Oh, my mother-in-law's right there too. <laughs> what I meant, you getting sweet just like your mama. My mama, you know, you know what, Yolanda, I'm not going to be nice to you anymore. You don't make tortillas for me no more. No, carnegie. You saw that when when, when I was first dating Melissa, when she used to cook for me, she wanted me to marry Melissa. As soon as I married her, nothing. (laughs) Number three, (laughs) how do you deal with a past hurt? Number one, be honest. Take responsibility. Forgiveness. Do you realize that forgiveness is one of the best things you can do if you wanna deal with a past hurt? Forgive. Come on, yeah, that's a good one. Forgive. Let me share with you some thoughts on forgiveness. A happy marriage is the union of two good forgivers. Isn't that the truth? Two good forgivers. Not, well, I'm the one always doing the forgiving. No, two good forgivers. Listen to this, forgiveness is me Giving up the right to hurt you for hurting me. Hmm. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and to discover that that prisoner was you. Forgiveness doesn't make them right, it just makes us free. Pastor Jimmy Evans said that. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison yourself and waiting for another person to die. (laughs) That's crazy. That's crazy. Listen, we need to learn to forgive. We need to learn to forgive. See, the truth is, we all have needs in our life, and those needs are, are important things that God wants to fill. But, but the enemy uses hurt to flip those needs. Watch this list. This list is made up of acceptance, grace, connection, companionship, success, self determination, go on and on and on. But the enemy wants us to to operate under rejection, judgment, disconnection, loneliness. And so this is a fear. When we start operating over here, he's conditioning us with fear. Every time that's rubbed and we feel like that's where we're at, we fear and we do things we, we, we ordinarily wouldn't do. And fear is an interesting thing. It can make you act in a way you never would have thought you could act. I experienced this in the world, you know. And guys will step out of their marriage, and women will do things they never would have dreamed doing because of fear, and because the enemy has been working this game in their life over and over and over. And that's why you need the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me share with you, South Padre. A few summers ago, fear grabbed hold of me, and you know I pride myself in what taking care of my wife. I will fight for her honor. I will protect her, I'll jump in front of a bullet for her, I will go, I'm not the kind of man that she needs something from the store, I say, well, go get it. No, I go get it. That's who I am. I'll go get it. If she needs anything, I'll pick it up. I'm going to wear out and that'll be it, but at least I would have lived a good man, as a good man, right? But this is the thing. We're at the beach and we're in the surf. If you're at Padre, you know there's two sandbars, so we're in the deeper one. Man, and it's nice, and the kids are over there. They're tired. They're on the beach building sandcastles or something. And boy, she's getting a little frisky with me. And, like, yeah, I can tell. All right, this is going to be good. And all of a sudden, you know, we're kind of hugging and loving on each other. And she's like, remember this, remember that? So, oh, yeah, I remember. But guys are like, when you talk about intimacy, it's like photographic memory. I remember all of it. And then I see a fin. Nothing kills the mood like a fin. I see this fin and I go, oh, and she thinks, stop playing. You're always trying to scare me. Because how many of us guys like to scare our wives just enough to bring them closer? And she thought, that's what you're doing to me. I'm not falling for it. I'm not scared. I said, baby, there is a fin. I'm giving you one chance. I'm gone. (laughs) How many of you are just super scared of sharks? I am. I'm not just like, oh, my goodness, just. And, and I don't know if that's a Hispanic thing or what, but every Hispanic was running out the water. The other nationality was like, oh look, a fin! And I'm going, what is going on with y'all people? But I, I, I'm running, I mean literally, she turns back around to look for the fin and she sees it and she goes, wait for me, I'm already gone. She says that As she was looking for the fin, right as she saw it, all she felt was this. We both get back to the shore, and she's like, what in the world you left me? I said, baby, it was for the kids. (laughs) One of us had to survive. I mean, come on. Can I tell you, fear ruins your vacation. She wouldn't let it go. She wouldn't let it go. I mean, one little shark. This is why, because you end up in this kind of a loop. Watch this, I hurt, I want. I hurt, what do I mean? I feel disrespected, I feel whatever. I want you to validate me. I have, I feel low self-esteem because of something in my past where my dad I never could measure up or my mom or whatever. Now I need to feel validated. So I fear, I react out of that fear which what makes you hurt. Now you what want, you fear, you react, hurts me again. That's called a downward doom spiral. We need to be careful with this. This is important. Number four, living together before marriage. If you live together before marriage, you are in a way higher category of being prone for divorce. Isn't it interesting that those that live together before marriage have a seventy percent chance of divorcing? Why? Because that wasn't God's way. Because you 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 right off the bat start struggling with the most important thing in a marriage, and that's trust, trust and commitment. So if you're here today and you've bought into the lie that, hey, we just want to try it out, you know what you're doing? You're actually hurting yourself. You're hurting yourself and you're not learning the most important skills, the most important aspects, the most important attributes of a marriage. Learn to commit, learn to trust, learn to leave and cleave. Aren't those the, aren't those the two spiritual laws of marriage found in Genesis chapter two, verse 24? A man and his wife shall leave their parents, they shall cleave to one another, and they shall be forever dedicated to each other. There's no dedication, there's no commitment, there's no true leaving, there's no true grabbing hold of each other, we're just trying it out. And more importantly, you're leaving God out of it. So we're trying it out, and if it works, then we'll bring God back into it. Can I share something with you? You start learning how to operate in the wrong way, and you never develop those true, good, spiritual bonds that God intended you to have. You say, okay, pastor, well, we've already done it. Now what? Get right. God is a master at putting things back together. But you've got to do it his way. But many people say, "Pastor, I mean, Lord... Or they'll come to me, pastor, will you pray to God? I'm not praying to God for you. You're asking me to have him bless something that he already said is not blessed. I can't do that. Well, then I'll go do it. Lord, bless my marriage. Kinda married, I mean, we're gonna get married. But Lord, would you bless it and and just let me do it my way? I know that went over like a ton of bricks. Some of you are saying, okay, well then, look, I've had people come up, pastor, will you will you give us some marriage counseling? I said, are y'all married? No, you don't need marriage counseling. Quit wasting my time. Children involved, I'll counsel you. First order of business, get married. Get married. Get God's blessing. Get God's blessing. Well, we don't know if we like each other. We don't know if we want to do that. We, okay, well, let's work through some things, but. At at some point, we got to either poop or get off the pot. Uh, I I mean, (laughs) because. No, guys, I'm trying to help you. This is the world is not saying this to you. The world is saying the exact opposite. Try it out, try it out, try it out. That's what courtship is for. You try it out in courtship, but you don't go and 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 live together. So you say, "Well, pastor, what if we already put the cart before the horse? Now what do we do?" You get right with God and you ask the Lord, "Reveal those areas where we have hurt each other. If my spouse is struggling with true truly trusting me that I committed, and if I'm struggling with commitment, if I, if we're struggling in these areas, reveal it, God, that we might ask for your blessing and that you might father mend what we broke." That's how you deal with it. Number five, poor friendships and mentorships. Poor friendships and poor mentors. What do we mean by that? Same thing we talked about last week, so I won't say it again. Don't be fooled. Don't be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Bad company corrupts good character. What do we mean by that? Well, it's summed up best with this little segment that I pulled off of an article in the Chicago Tribune. You can find it online. You can take a picture of it and read the whole article if you like. Because if you Google this, it'll show up the whole article. But this is what it says. In the largest study available on the topic, researchers from Brown University, this is a secular study, Brown University, Harvard University, and the University of what? California. Watch this. Found that you're 75% more likely to become divorced if a friend in your circle of influence, is also going through divorce or has just divorced. And if a friend of a friend is divorced, your odds of getting divorced increase 33%. Why? Because the Bible's right. Bad company corrupts good character. Meaning if you have friends that are going through this kind of pain and have that kind of attitude, they're going to bleed it over into you. Come on, how many of you have ever been there where your friends are having trouble and next thing you know, ladies, they're like, oh, I would not put up with that from him. I would, uh, oh, no, that's what I did with mine. I put him out. I sent him on. Now I'm over here. I'm having fun. I'm up in the club, girl. You should see it. What they don't tell you is they go home and cry themselves to sleep. What they don't tell you is when the lights stop flashing and the music stops thumping and they have to sit at home thinking what am I doing someone else is going to raise my children how about the guys that go man you you can put up with that from her who she thinks she is My, my wife did this I grabbed it and I threw it and I said man you ain't doing that to me no more and the next thing I know I'm divorced and it ain't so bad I've been hitting the gym I get to do my own thing I'm playing golf every day man my golf game is improved I mean, come on, guys. We have to be careful with this. So what, what should I do, pastor? Find yourself someone who champions marriage. Find yourself someone who champions your marriage and says, you know what, I know you're going through a hard time, sweetie, but it's going to get better. We went through a hard time, but we got through it with God's word, someone praying for us. This is what I had to learn about my husband. This is what I had to learn about my wife. This is how you should treat your wife. Let me share with you some some tricks of the trade. Let me help you, let me pray with you. Let me believe with you. Hang in there, don't you dare. You wanna fight, right now is when you fight. Devil, you can't have this, come on now. (laughs) Devil, you can't have this marriage. You need a good Miss Aura in your life. Miss Aura, Miss Aura said, Oh, devil, you better get you. She'll start praying a blessing over you. Next thing you know, you got the best marriage around. Chronic negativity. Chronic negativity kills a marriage. Why? Well, listen to what the Bible says A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. Watch this. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. So if you have rotten fruit coming out of your mouth, your stomach's filled with rotten fruit. And I don't know the last time you've eaten rotten stuff, but it don't feel so good. And so some of us are creating a rotten environment in our own home by the words we speak. And all you have to do is start speaking life with your words, with your eyes, and with your touch. But watch this, keep going, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit, meaning you will eat either the death or the life that is coming out of you. Now watch the very next verse, why did Solomon put them together? Watch the next verse, he who finds a wife, come on, finds a good thing. And did you know, men, most of these verses are written that way? They don't say, he who finds a husband, he who, he, she who finds a husband. Let me get, let me get right here. She who finds a husband finds a good thing. It says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Because this is one thing I've learned from my own experience in the counseling I've done. That most women are very emotional in the way that they relate to their, to their relationship, we are more logical, guys. But when we start breathing life into our relationship, our spouse will respond. If you have a wife that's bitter, that's upset, that's angry, that's this or that, nine times out of 10, it's because her husband is not breathing life into the relationship. When you breathe life into the relationship, most wives will just respond. I can remember Melissa when I was breathing life into our relationship and we were young. This is how she responded. I will still remember we were at World, and I wanted to kiss her all day long. And her parents had brought her down to Houston so he could hang out. And, and I said, Lewis, um, I wanted to show Melissa something, but it's up in my room. He says, you can run up there and run right back down. I said, that's all I need. So I ran up there and, and I... I put her in the, I brought her in the room and right this side of the door, we couldn't even close the door, this side of the door, I went to kiss her and I still remember my eyes were wide open. <laughs> Difference between guys and girls, right? Difference between guys and girls. I'm not going to show the video today. I'll show it next week. Sorry about that meal. I'm running out of time. Difference between guys and girls. Guys want to see it all. Girls want to feel it all. So watch guys, before you can see it, you've got to believe it. And before she can feel it, she's got to see it from you. And when she saw that I loved her and I cared for her, she just melted into my arms. And that's how she kissed me. And I remember going, man, she loves me. She's, she trusts me. She wants me. She, she. And then she opens her eyes. She goes, you got your eyes open? And I'm remembering every second of it. Well, the other day on Valentine's, I went to kiss her and that's how she did. She went, oh. And she just, and I'm going, I still got it. No, the Lord's saying, there was a time where you weren't speaking life. And you remember that conversation when you weren't speaking life? I went, Lord, this wife you gave me. And God's going, no, 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 the one you begged for? (laughs) The one you couldn't live without? Now I say, man, Lord, this wife you gave me. Thank you. Thank you. She's such a blessing. Look, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. But You've got to speak life. No more negativity. Unresolved conflict. We've talked about that some. Those are past hurts, but mainly unresolved conflict deals with what we dealt with last week. When you get angry, learn how to resolve it that day. Don't bury it. You bury it, it'll come back to haunt you. Number eight, quit being so defensive. When you're defensive, you won't be able to resolve conflict because immediately you take it personal and it becomes World War III. That typically is an indication that you've stuffed some hurt down there, and the minute anyone says something, it rubs against that wound that has not been cleaned yet, and you go, ah! You hear me? Quit being so defensive. Get that stuff out. Go back and listen to part one of this message and hear how you get it out. Get God's word in there. Start being honest. Deal with it. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians, don't let the sun go down while you are still angry because that gives the devil a foothold in your home. Divorce is an option. This is another sign that you're headed towards divorce where you have it in your back pocket and you threaten every chance you get. Will you go sleep on the other side of the house? Will you go back to your mama's? The best thing my in-laws ever did for me was Melissa got upset, tried to go home. She goes, He goes, you don't live here no more. I mean, we were young, young, young. Remember, we got a 23-year-old, so we were young. He goes, you don't live here anymore. Go, go sort that out with your, with your husband. Remember, leave and cleave. Leave and cleave. Divorce is not an option. It's like the general... Who brought his army onto the shores of a foreign power and they needed to they needed to conquer this evil empire. He asked his his uh, he asked his officers to burn the ships. They said, Sir, how are we gonna get back? I want you to know there's only one option, we gotta win. We gotta win if we're gonna get back, we gotta build more ships, and the only way to do that is to win. Come on. Some of us have to burn the ship of divorce. If you've been through divorce, it's going to be easier for you to contemplate it again. Why? Because I've been through it once. That's what I would. I could. But do you know that every divorce, you give yourself a 10% chance greater of failing? You go, know, then what's the key? The key is burn the ship and say, Lord, I'm doing it with you. No ifs, ands, or buts. And then finally, number 10, a secular view of marriage. A secular view of marriage, which relates to number one, right? Put God first. A secular view of marriage was where you think that the things of God, just, you just don't see their importance. That's everyone's prerogative. As the worship team comes up, I want to share with you this. Marriage was God's idea. And God wants to bless your marriage. And the Bible says what God blesses, no man can curse. No man can curse. And so some of us need to come before the Lord right here and right now and say, Lord, I'm getting rid of my old view. I'm getting rid of the old way of thinking. I want you smack dab in the middle of this. I want you to start blessing it, God. I wanna know that I know that I know that you're for me, that you care for me, that I have a God view of marriage. You know how you have a God view of marriage? You value him, you want him, you ask for his involvement, you, you insist on his blessing. I wore this shirt for a reason, because I want you to know that God wants victory for your marriage. But it also reminds me of this couple sitting right here in front, Christy and Rick, or Rick and Christy. And Rick and Christy are dear friends of ours, but there's something I learned from discipling Rick. God is a big deal to him because he has a godly view of his life. And he prayed for two years. They prayed together. Lord, when should we start our own business and what should the name be? And they got me involved and said, Pastor, you need to pray with us. You need to pray with us. And every step of the way, I remember when they picked the, 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 the name Victory. And I remember when they launched out and every step of the way, right, Coy, has been prayer, bless our marriage, bless our children, bless our business, bless our finances, God, be involved in every area of it. And to somebody else who has a secular view, they would say, well, that's just way too much God for me. But for them, they're like, God, I can't get enough. I need you to get involved in every area because wherever you are, there is blessing. Wherever you are, there is a a positivity. Wherever you are, the enemy is not not and so for some of us we need to start praying god come get involved do what only you can do protect my marriage god seal us together give us eyes for only each other mend our hearts and bind them make them one lord i want every promise that you've given in your word promise of fulfillment promise of peace promise of joy promise of long life and a, and an abundant life lord that's what i want. And so why would I be so arrogant to think I can go out and do it on my own? I need you, Lord. And so right here, right now, I'm humbling myself and I'm saying, Lord, I need you. Come and rule and reign. Come do what only you can do. I'm single right now, but I don't plan to stay single. God, get involved. Get involved in a hurry, Lord. He might say, I got to change some things. Change them quick, God. I'm all yours. If that's you, you want me to pray for you, raise your hand and I'll just pray right now. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray for marriages, I want to pray for individuals, I want to pray for hearts. Maybe this was tough to hear in some areas, but but you know it's right. And you want prayer, I'm gonna pray for you. Father, you see so many hands lifted today. And Lord, I just pray that you would abundantly bless them. Father, line our hearts up with your word. Line our perspective up with your word. God, give me eyes to see my spouse the way you see them. Heal these past hurts in me, Lord, and let us be a blessing to one another like like you intended it, Lord. These areas where the enemy has tried to get a foothold, Lord, I pray that you would, Father, come down and deal with him. Remove him. And in his place, release life. You're a big deal to us. In Jesus' name, we declare it. Amen. Foundation. Have a great week. I love you.